0: Welcome to the Speaking For Him podcast on this Friday. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host, Andrew Gommerson.
1: Hello, Adam. It's nice to be with you again. And we've had 20, this is the 20th podcast for Speaking For Him. 20 podcasts. So we are almost through half a year. How insane is that?
0: That's crazy. I'm going to have to get you like. Twenty congratulation gifts. Now, herself is how it goes.
1: <laughs> well, we have had a lot of great guests coming in and doing some wonderful podcasts. You and I actually haven't done a whole lot of uh, one-on-one podcasts lately, which That's has true. been good because it's been exciting to bring other people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, I would like to take a few moments to talk to you about your life and about how you came to be involved here at the radio station. And then, of course, leading up to how you became involved and became a very vital part of speaking for him and particularly the Speaking for Him podcast. So thank you for agreeing to be grilled, or I should say questioned, <laughs> in the hot questioned seat. today on the podcast. Thank you for allowing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Adam, uh, as a as a start, uh, starting point, can you tell us a little bit about the family that you grew up in?
0: Yeah, yeah, I— uh I was actually born in the in the Detroit area on the east side of the state, and then uh, moved over here in, I think, 1993, with my folks, when I was just three years old. Grew up in this area, and for 14 years, it was just my mom, dad, and I. So I was I was an only child for 14 years. And then uh, when I was in seventh grade, I learned that I was going to have a little brother coming along the way, and uh, his name was Joe. A couple years later, I found out I was going to have another little brother come along on the way. And uh, then a year later, (laughs) I found out I had another little brother on the way. So I now have uh, three little brothers and and siblings, and we now live here in the uh, Holland, Michigan area. But there is a 14-year and uh, two-month gap between me and my uh, nearest sibling. How
1: how young is your youngest sibling? He is three years
0: old. He'll be four this May.
1: Okay, because for some reason, until this very moment, I thought you only had two brothers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I find out new things every day. They keep coming. Well, that's great. So how weird was that? I have to ask this first. How weird was that after 14 years to finally have a sibling? Were you excited? Were you kind of – how was that transition from being an only child?
0: Well, you know, I kind of always wanted, like, a little brother, older brother, something along those lines. So when I learned that uh, my first little brother was coming along the way, I was extremely excited. I didn't even know how to take it at first because I thought, you know, my mom and dad were – pulling pulling my leg or they were just you know kind of joking around cuz you know 14 years is nothing so all of a sudden yeah. here comes marching the band and they come on out and um I was extremely excited and then Joe came along and uh it, it was it was good it was definitely an adjustment though you know it went from video games and and kind of just getting stuff for yourself to hey Adam can you can you change this diaper or, hey Adam can you do this stuff so Um, Kind of nickname myself Mr. Dad once in a while, (laughs) Mr. Mom.
1: Well, you know, you you think about it. Like, myself, I'm the oldest of 11 children. Wow. And I am 33, and my youngest sister is almost 12. And there's not a lot – there's a lot of variation in between that. But I don't really remember being an only child because I only was one for about 14, 15 months. Wow. (laughs) So – it must have been kind of strange to have that much of your life that you remember being an only child and then to adjust. Uh, what, what is your relationship like with them today? Like, what do you do with your little siblings to make sure that you stay in their lives and stay in contact with them? Uh, we,
0: I come over every Wednesday night to babysit them. My parents have other, uh, church engagements and stuff. And, uh, if my parents ever, you know, want to go out for a a date night or just jokingly to put their hair back on their heads <laughs> from pulling out and stuff, uh, I come over, I babysit, and, you know, we'll just we'll we'll hang out, we'll play games, we'll watch movies, and definitely like having that weekly connection with them because actually back in August I moved out of the house for uh, the first time. So it's been good to definitely stay in contact with them and connection.
1: Now, one of the things I found out fairly early on, actually before I met you I found this out, be from a mutual friend, mm-hmm. that, you are a home, that you are homeschooled, as was I. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you homeschooled in your education, and what were the specific things that led to your parents homeschooling you?
0: Well, I was homeschooled 6th through 12th grade, so pretty much it was cut in half. All through elementary school, I went to public elementary, and then 6th uh, through 12th was, was homeschooled. And it actually came up in fifth grade when I actually went to my mom and and kind of talked about it. I was kind of slipping in grades. Uh, I just wasn't fully into the whole uh, public school thing. I was able to do it, but I heard this idea about homeschooling, and my mom had brought it up once before. And I just – I really, really liked it. I liked the thought of, of being home. And being able to go at like like my own pace, because unfortunately I got my hand up in honesty, but I I was kind of the slower kid, you know. I I didn't look at a problem math problem and just learn it right off the bat. So it was nice to be able to go at my own pace. And you know my mom talked to my dad about it, and at first he was like homeschooling. I I didn't really think about that. So they had to kind of talk with each other over the summer, and by July August of the year before I became homeschooled, they said, all right, let's 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 do it. And for six
1: to seven years, that was it. Well, I was homeschooled uh, ever since first grade, from first grade on through high school, and even technically college, since I take took correspondence courses. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say that I heartily recommend it. I hope to homeschool my own children. And I, like you, was one of the slower students. And... I'm so glad my parents were able to homeschool me because they were able to tailor my education to my aptitudes because I think what happens a lot of times in school today is that there's one curriculum for every kid in the grade, and if you can handle the curriculum, you're gifted. If you are just scraping by, you're average. And if you're struggling with the curriculum, you're stupid, even though you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Mark Twain or somebody famous like that said something along the lines of everyone's a genius you just had to figure out what you're a genius at yeah now i want to clarify and say that i'm i'm not subscribing to too far to the everybody's a winner category because when we get going there that brings up a whole another slew of problems but just to say that if you if you find out what you're gifted at and focus on that it can give you a higher level of self esteem and it can prepare you for what God really wants you to do so I think that's very important Adam one of the things we, we emphasize here on the Speaking for Him podcast is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, without a personal relationship with Christ none of us has any merit and none of us would make it to heaven because there's another place that we can all go and which is hell which I don't want anyone to go there They don't have to. The way has been paid for them to get to heaven. So tell us a little bit about how you personally came to know the Lord and made Him real in your life. Well, I've I've been born
0: in and raised Catholic, so I've I've been in church and in Christianity my whole life. And as a kid and teenager, now that I'm older, I'm able to look back and say, okay, you know, I know that I love God. I, I I made the motions to you know try and learn about Him a little bit and get closer, but. It wasn't really until probably about probably later years in high school where I, I went through a stretch where I was kind of I was kind of lonely I didn't have any super close friends, and uh, a lot of things were happening in in my own personal life, kind of being stripped a little bit and I'm actually kind of glad that happened because that's what helped me find out that you know what God's there for you always, regardless of what changes of what doesn't change. He's there always. And it really started to open my eyes to the importance of, you know, he loves me that much that he's always there for me and with me. And that's when it really started to develop. As I got to 18 years old, graduated, uh, that's when I really took the leap to start to learn more about him and uh, really put him into my daily life. You know, prayer time, all that became important. And then uh, the biggest thing in the past couple years, there was actually a day where I was praying at my uh, church's chapel, and I had a, a big kind of spiritual thing happen to me that, that really shook me to the core. I don't know if you have ever had one of those before, Andrew, but um, I was praying and I, I was frustrated about the day, and and somebody came up to me and just said, "Hey, they're like you, you're you're being called to to the priesthood. God's waiting on you." And somebody else was like, "Yeah, I, I can feel it too." And I was like, "All I'm doing is praying," <laughs> you know. It really kind of shook me, but you know, I had to think about. Uh, you know, the the priesthood and people that go to seminary and become pastors and priests. It's it's wonderful because you're giving it all to God. And it really had to get me thinking about that. I had to think about giving up my job here at the radio station, being close to family and friends. Uh, I think about saying goodbye to everything to go to school where where they would send you for seminar in uh, Minnesota and you do classes and all that. So that's when it really hit me. As I prayed through more about that priest thing at this time, I don't think it's, it's meant to be, but I'm glad it happened because it allowed me to realize what's really important in life because really within a day or two, your life can completely change and things can be gone or stripped, but God's still there. So that's really a couple of years ago when it clicked and I was like, okay, a relationship is what means the most with Jesus.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that it's very interesting that you mentioned that because there was a time in my life, for me, it was when I was 14 years old, I had gone through a lot of bitterness. I have told you a little bit about this. I'd gone through a lot of bitterness Mm -hmm. about the way God made me. I thought that he made a mistake. I said, I know the Bible says you don't make mistakes, but you must have made one in May of 1979 because I wasn't supposed to be here until August, and now I have this disability that I'm dealing with, and it stinks because I can't serve you. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying that, and then God finally woke me up at 14 and said, you know, I can use you, Andrew. As long as you're open to me and let me use you. And the thing I needed to remember and focus on is that God says in Philippians chapter two, for it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's not what I do, it's what he does. And Exactly. He you know, some people don't like it when I use this term, but I really like it. Is he likes to use useless people. When the world says you're useless, that's just about the time that you're ready to be used by him because he he doesn't want to share his glory with anyone else so he uses people that the world would say they're useless they can't do anything that's when he shows up and does his best work so and that's what i found in my life well this shows about you more than it is me so let's go on to the next question i have for you which is did you always have an interest in radio
0: i i did I listened to the radio, especially once I got into middle school, and I love music, especially since I was like 11 or 12 years old. And then what I actually originally wanted to do was kind of become like an actor and get into, you know, my dream job was like being on a family-friendly sitcom one day that was funny as an actor, you do that kind of stuff. I was in plays all through high school. And then as I got to my junior, senior year, it was like, OK, well, you know, you're not going to be a Bill Cosby overnight or anything like that. That takes a lot of work. And, you know, plus you start to kind of learn more about God's will and not your own.
1: I always wanted to join the cast of Full House. Did, that you, that would
0: be, that'd be fun. Yeah. For those of you that watch Full House, Mr. Danny would make you clean all the time. And yeah. all that. <laughs> It'd be
1: good. I'm dating myself here, <laughs> which is weird to talk about because I'm not that old. But compared to Adam here. I guess I'm a little older. I used to watch it in reruns when I was yeah. in the middle school <laughs> full house.
0: Good old Nick at night. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of got peaked in radio my senior year, and I was listening to morning shows and all the stuff, and I was like, hey, this, this looks fun. This, this sounds like a good time and a cool thing to do. So I got into a couple meetings and open houses for broadcasting schools and stuff, and uh, then within a few months of graduating – and my first day here, it was just a really small amount of time. And then, boom, three years later, here I am.
1: Well, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is, how did you find your job here at JQ? Which you kind of alluded to, but could you go into a little more detail?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This this was definitely a God thing because, I mean, when I was 18, I, I barely even knew how to copy and paste on the computer. So I was <laughs> not the most... uh te- uh you know, technology literate, I guess you could say, you know. But what happened was is I was looking for a job to save up for my year after high school to go to broadcasting school, and I couldn't find a job over the summer. I had kind of started applying too late, all the college kids had had it, and I was getting really frustrated, and I was like, I I don't know what to do because I was kind of at home at that time, and I couldn't get a job. I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I know the direction I wanted to go in. Well, my mom said, why don't you call around for internships? at the Christian radio stations around West Michigan and Grand Rapids. And I was like, there's no way that, <laughs> you know, they're going to take a kid who's 18 who can barely talk well on the phone. I mean, if we're going to be honest. So uh, I called around. JQ, uh, the promotions guy here, gave me a call within three days after I left my message. And then we had a meeting. They pretty much said to me, what can we do for you? And I was, like, shocked at that point because I was all, you know, dressed up in my tie and all like, oh, I'm big guys over here. I'm going to try and... Uh, look, look the part and stuff, but they were really humble. Said, what what can we do for you? And I said, well, I'd, I'd love to learn more about on-air stuff. And uh, within two weeks and two meetings of my first call, I had my first day internship. Six months later, I got hired in here. And uh, this August will be four years since you, I've been here.
1: You know, your experience with how you got attached to, to JQ is very similar to mine. You know, I, oh, yeah. I got, I've said before, probably even on this podcast that I was... Looking for more opportunities, and look, I definitely wanted to do radio. That was something that I wanted to do from the time I was like seven. And I also had the sitcom dream, as we alluded to earlier, but <laughs> well, I think I have a better face for radio. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've heard that too. I, I really wanted to do radio, and for a while it kind of was a, a, a dead vision because I felt the Lord leading me in a different direction, definitely leading me to preach. Um, but I realized as things started coming about here at JQ, that radio and preaching can go uh, together pretty well. And I I really am enjoying the opportunities I've gotten here at JQ, and I hope to get more and more as time goes on, as the Lord opens doors. I definitely have open lines of communication with everybody here, and I'm very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. So, what is one fascinating or unusual fact about you that wouldn't Uh. necessarily come up in your in ordinary conversation, which is something you might have accomplished that's really neat, or something you've done, something that I have done, or something
0: usually the unusual things are the reason why it's kept out of the conversation. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, I guess something kind of interesting about me—it's this isn't really an accomplishment, but uh, you know, now that I'm over uh, 21 years old, you kind of have the door open to being able to buy a drink or go here or something like that, just drink with dinner. I'm actually completely allergic to alcohol, so I can't get anywhere near it. And when I tell people that, they're like, no way, I, I don't believe that, that's so crazy. But uh, I, I can't even have a drop of it, can't wear hairspray, can't any of that. So kind of a weird, wacky fact about me is I can't get even close to alcohol.
1: Well, it kind of helps you temper any temptations in that area.
0: (laughs) Well, that's true. Though my chocolate milk intake is probably too much, so (laughs) it kind of balances out, I guess.
1: Well, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know if you've ever had any, uh, been drunk on chocolate milk. uh, (laughs) Too much sugar. That would be an interesting story in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) But before we digress too far, um, Adam, you've been working with me for, uh, this is like I said earlier in the podcast, this is the 20th episode of our podcast mm-hmm. um, what do you think of the Speaking For Him podcast so far and how have you seen, seen things grow and change since we began back in October
0: well I can certainly say from now compared to the beginning is we can actually uh, you know talk <laughs> instead of tripping over our words and stuff like that uh, good times though it's fun to see how God can grow anything from anything and that's what's kind of happened, even within the past few months. And I, I think the podcast is good because you know we've talked about some things that people don't like to get into detail in sometimes. And I'm I'm happy to be able to work next to you and be able to say the tough things and the real truth things because that's just that's just kind of the way it is. So that is something that I, I really appreciate about this podcast.
1: Well, as we as we close and we're getting ready to, um. I'll... I'll ask you this last question. You can respond, and then I have some closing thoughts to the podcast. Um, Do you have any advice for young people who are looking to the future, much as you were a few years ago when you were graduating from high school? Um, What type of advice would you give them?
0: Stay a kid. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Real advice would be to really seek out God's plan and voice for you. I remember when I was almost about to graduate high school that was a big hardship for me is you have so many voices and so many people saying oh you should do this you should go here you should do that you should go to that place and do this and I wasn't exactly sure where to go and I really the best I could try to put it in God's hands and within a few months here I am to JQ not even expecting it and I've been here for a wonderful four years so that is such a great reminder and proof to me and encouraging you out there too if you're looking towards your future Ask God to direct you. Don't let, you know, media or even people talking guide you. Let, let God let God guide you. There's a song out there by Casting Crowns called The Voice of Truth, and that's such a great reminder of listen to that voice of truth. Let that be your compass and your direction because you follow that, you're going to be golden. You're going to be good to go.
1: It, it is a good reminder, and ironically, Adam, that was the first song that I referenced when I came in to the studios and met Chris and Emily the first time. Oh, no kidding. I did a devotional on Moses, and I referenced the song Voice of Truth, so they played it. And so I'll always remember that as my official start to radio, and I hope um, to log a lot more hours uh, before God calls me home. Mm -hmm. But until he does, one way or another, I'm going to keep proclaiming the truth And I'm going to keep speaking for him as long as he gives me an opportunity to do so. And on that note, I just want to say to you, have a great weekend. And as I always say, keep serving the best of Matt.